This show is brought to you in part by the Iron Range Resources and Rehabilitation. gentlemen and thanks for listening to the wall of power radio hour we are kicking off a great new fall season here at 2018 with a great guest tonight a fantastic guitar player named george marinelli he's helping us kick off the season and we are going to be listening to his fantastic new record called burn it all down though you might not have met him or even heard of George. You have heard him every week as he plays guitar on the Wall of Power Radio Hour theme song. George is an amazing guitarist who has played with Bruce Hornsby in the range and for the last many years has been playing with Bonnie Raitt. I met George in 1992 when I recorded my record Whistling Past the Graveyard in Nashville at Moondog Studios owned by Bucky Baxter who was playing with Bob Dylan at the time and longtime Bruce Springsteen bass player Gary talent. We're going to be chatting with George today, listening to his great new record, talking about his past, his present, and his future. So with no further ado, my friend George Marinelli. George, hello. Hey, Paul. How are you doing? Hi, everybody. Yeah, it's great to have you. You know, I saw uh, the Bonnie Raitt, James Taylor show at the XL in St. Paul the end of June, and a, a, a wonderful show uh, by both bands, but I was reminded how much I love your guitar playing. Oh, thank you, man. It was a fun show the whole, <clears throat> excuse me, the whole, these past couple of summers with James Taylor has been a real kick, and I'm sorry, I missed you backstage. Yeah. We had common friends back there. and Well, the great, uh, the great Stan Kipper, who has fronts one of the, uh, what I call the new primitives, what I call the uh, Twin Cities version of the Neville Brothers, played yeah. with you back way back in the day. Who did Stan and you play for, George? We we played with a guy uh, named Andrew Gold, sure. who used to be in Linda Ronstadt's band and and uh, had a good career on his own, had a bunch of hit records. Yeah, what were some of his hits, George? Uh uh Thank You for Being a Friend, <laughs> Lonely Boy. Wow. And uh, I honestly don't remember the other titles, but he actually, he had a lot better material than those two hits. So mm -hmm. he was a real talented guy, yeah. George, where did you grow up? I grew up on Staten Island in really? New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, where the ferry boat goes back and forth between Manhattan and Staten sure. Island. I could look out my window and see the Statue of Liberty and... I could see boats coming in and out of the harbor, big cruise ships and everything. And yeah, my dad worked on the docks. He was wow. Worked for the railroad and all my uncles and they all worked for the railroad too, yeah. Well, I imagine, uh, I don't know, you guys might be about the same age, but David Johansson from the New York Dolls was from Staten Island. I know, and we've never met. And also, um, oh, what's the guitar player's name who played with Bowie on and off forever? I'll think of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I really like his playing, and he's also from Staten Island. He's another guy I haven't uh, met, but would like to one day. Well, uh, you and I are Twitter buddies, and we've yep. been buddies now since, you know, we, we recorded, jeez, oh, almost 25 years ago. We I were know. just young men with a dream, George. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were. But uh, <laughs> you, uh, you know, you are 
uh, very political and very outspoken. And um, uh, it's got to have something to do with waking up every day, looking out your window and seeing the Statue of Liberty and learning to love America. Yeah, yeah, I still, I still can draw on that and and remember the words, or at least know the words, not that I can recall them, but the words that are you know written on there, give me mm-hmm. your tired, your poor, etc. And uh, that should mean something. Uh, my my grandparents, uh, they sailed out of Naples. Wow! All four grandparents sailed out of Naples and went right by there and into Ellis Island and. Um, you know, we're all immigrants, and right. America needs to embrace that. Well, my uh, great-grandfather, John Metza, came in from Helsinki uh, with uh. his wife to Ellis Island. And the original Metza in Finn means woods or forest. So, but when uh, great-grandpa came in, it was Metza Vinyo was the whole name, but they cut the Vinyo off at Ellis Island. Oh, they did? Wow. Yeah. And years ago, I bumped into a guy uh, who was visiting from Finland at a party, and I introduced myself, and I said, yeah, I'm Finnish. I said, uh, I gave him my name, and he said, well, you know, Metsa means woods or forest in, in Finn. And I said, yes, but I said, originally it was Metsa Vainio. I said, what does that mean? And without skipping a beat, he said, oh, that means lost in the woods. Oh, no. So, well, that explains a lot, Paul. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I thought I thought it was like half, because in Italian, it's half, like Mezzaluna is a half moon. Mm-hmm. Oh, funny. Yeah. So, George, when did you uh, when did you pick up the guitar for the first time? I, uh, my family moved from New York when I was turning 14, moved to L.A., and um, my mom saved up trading stamps they used to have. Right, oh yeah, my, my mom had, a guitar sure. for my 15th birthday. Green stamps my mom had. Yeah, same one, SNH mm-hmm. Green Stamps. Mm-hmm. And the guitar was unbelievably horrible, and, you know, I think I think that means something, because if you really want to play, you're going to play anything. And right. this thing, the strings were nowhere near the rest of the guitar. Right. <laughs> the action was horrible. And it was, Maybe and it I was. tell people that now, you know, oh, I want to get my kid a guitar, what should I get him? I, you know, I usually say get him a crappy guitar. George, George, maybe it was a dobro. <laughs> I don't know. I think it might have been an upright bass, actually. <laughs> That's funny. Oh. So, you so, yeah, I was 15 when I first started. Okay, and what were you, a late bloomer. What were you listening to? Oh, I was listening to the Beatles and sure. the Stones. Yeah. Well, All you, that stuff. Uh, when Hendrix came out, I dove into that. And um, and then after that, I kind of got into a lot of R&B and funk music. And then I've always tried to, to broaden the direction, even still. Well, you know, the um, your record, which I absolutely love, called Burn It All Down. And we're going to be playing four tracks over the course of uh, the show tonight on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. You've got a really uh, Keith Richards rhythm vibe happening on a lot of those tunes. Yeah, I uh, I admire Keith. He's a he's a really inventive guy. People don't realize, you know, maybe stylistically what it is he sort of invented. He sort of took the Chuck Berry thing and continued and continued with it. And he doesn't have chops. He's not a flash player at all. Um, guitar players who are you know younger and starting out. They just look right over that stuff. But for me, it's about songs, and it's about parts you can remember after they stop playing the record. 
And right. when the guitar player stops playing, you can remember maybe what he played. And Keith, you can put on their greatest hits records and listen to the first 10 seconds of any of those songs. Right. There's an incredible hook there that have become, you know, part of the uh, fabric of pop music. So the guys, I think he's pretty amazing. He's doing nuts, but he's amazing. <laughs> you know, if I can name drop here for a minute, <clears throat> I had the pleasure of meeting the great John Hammond Sr., Mm -hmm. In uh, a couple of times in uh, 1983 and 1984. And uh, he told me after I first met him, it was amazing. He had a, uh, a fourth floor apartment at, uh, at 311, uh, 311 West 57th in New York. The same mm -hmm. apartment building that Bella Bartok used to live in. And wow. uh, so he had a little office and a secretary. And then his uh, once he used the restroom, he had an old claw hammer tub filled with, I'm going to guess, 400 cassette demo tapes. And, wow. Uh, so he listened to a half hour of my stuff. And the first thing he told me as I was leaving, and he couldn't have been nicer, was he said, Paul, the next time you come here and you play me your songs, I want to be able to whistle them while you're leaving. Mm. And that yeah. was always stuck with me, you know. Uh, get a good melody, get a good riff, you know. Those things last a long time. Yeah, there's so much music that I listen to, and there's so many players I listen to that while I'm listening to it, it's not memorable. <laughs> and in a right. second it stops, it's gone. I mean, it's it's just so much fluff. Yeah, you know? and, and cotton candy. People really... Yeah, and I'm not saying I have it nailed by any stretch, but I wish there were more people writing um, with more emphasis on melody and on new chord changes, not the same right. G, E minor, C, D that everybody is using right. on every song nowadays. It's, it's, it's stale. Well, if you listen, <coughs> excuse me, listen to a lot of Americana music, uh, I you know, I've been saying for years, Everybody, let's take a year off using a G chord. <laughs> Everybody, you know what I mean. I love Everybody, it. don't. Yeah, you're not allowed. <laughs> just can't do it. So well, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. uh, that's just the way it's done, unfortunately. But anyway, we've got George Mar Marinelli on, uh, a good buddy of mine who I haven't seen in years. I saw him play with Bonnie Raitt. We're going to talk about what it's like to play with Bonnie Raitt and tour with James Taylor and all that. But he's got a great new record out called Burn It All Down. We're going to listen to the title track. In 20 seconds or less, uh, George, tell us what the song's about. What that song is about? Yeah. Um, I would say it's it's basically about, it, it's sort of a metaphor for what's going on now. It's so, I was sort of writing it in, you know, trying to act like like King in his castle and everybody else. You know, the, the rich get rich and the poor get poor. Right. And that's what's happening now in America, and that's kind of what the song is about, metaphor for that. Burn it all down, George Marinelli, and uh, we'll be back the uh, whole show tonight in the Wall of Power Radio Hour, George. So dig the tune. Yeah, my belt is tight 
number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities gay scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. I'm Steve Conklin. And I'm Jake DeRoff. We're the hosts of the Mortgage Talk Show Sundays at 1230. Steve, what are we going to talk about this week? This week we talk about is a buyer's market coming in 2019, the rise of non-bank lenders, and student debt, how it affects your pre-approval process. Check us out for more information and email us any questions at mortgagetalkshow.com. Tune in to the Mortgage Talk Show every Sunday at 1230 on AM 950. Stages Theatre Company is turning 35 years young, and we invite you to join the celebration. Stages is one of the largest and most respected professional theaters for young audiences in the country, serving over 150,000 individuals annually through opportunities on stage, education classes, workshops, and in-school programs. Our most magnificent season is truly that, built with young people, families, and classrooms in mind, and based on beautiful, imaginative, and inspiring books and stories, encouraging young people to dream big, invent big, and invest in curiosity. Charlotte's Web, Mary Poppins Jr., Hidden Heroes, and Willy Wonka are just a few of the exciting productions we're proud to present in the coming season. Come celebrate the magnificence with us all season long. Visit us at stagestheater.org. That's stagestheater.org. Enjoy a delicious home-cooked breakfast or lunch away from the kitchen at Milda's Cafe, now open seven days a week. Milda's Cafe has been cooking up family favorites since 1964. Grab a coffee and sit down for a delicious Philly scramble, house-made rolls, or Denver omelet. Stop in for lunch where you'll find authentic Finnish pasties every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Open weekdays 6 to 3, weekends 8 to 2. Milda's Cafe on Glenwood Avenue, four blocks east of Penn. Summer's over and the kids are back in school. That means you can call Zero Res to clean up all the dirt your family dragged in from the outside. Their patented powered water will clean up the toughest messes and won't leave behind any smelly, dirt-attracting residue. I even had them clean up a mess earlier this summer from a few nameless friends who got a little clumsy with the wings and barbecue sauce. Just call 952-ZERO-RES or visit ZeroResMinnesota.com and ask for the AM950 special. Three rooms Zero Resified starting at $149. Zero Res, spell it backward or forward, it spells the same. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Our new show kicking off fall 2018 features George Marinelli, guitarist extraordinary. He's been playing with Bonnie Raitt for years. George, how long have you been with Bonnie? It's now 25 years this year. Wow. Yeah, fairly steady gig, huh? <laughs> Man, God bless a steady gig, though, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a wonderful thing, and... Um, yeah, I owe her so much. It's it's a uh, it's been a great great thing for me. How did you meet Bonnie? Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, in a nutshell, I I didn't really meet her until I went out to play on a record for her. Okay, but she was a big fan of Bruce Hornsby in the range, and um, you know, apparently wanted to even call me sooner, but. 
didn't, you know, didn't want to because I was still playing with Bruce. Mm-hmm. So um, when that ended, I called Hutch, Hutchinson, the bass player, and said, hey, I want to be in Bonnie's band. And uh, it's a couple of years because she had just hired somebody. Right. But anyway, she called me and said, would you come out? This is in 1993. Would you come out and play on Longing in Their Hearts? So that's the first record I did with her. Wow. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so it's it's been cool. Well, when did you start, uh, when did you hook up with Bruce Hornsby? Tell us about Bruce Hornsby and the range. I mean, we, uh, uh, I remember, you know, that first record, uh, the first tune that came on the radio, uh, was it The Way It Is, The Way It Was? What was the title of that? The Way It Is, <laughs> the way it is yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um, Way It Is, it's a great song. And, you know, yeah, back, yeah, yeah. That, back then... They're there, great songs. Yeah, and there wasn't, there wasn't really any socially conscious music being played on the radio at that time. No, you think about the 80s, the mid-80s. Uh, it was MTV, and it was Hairspray, and, and baggy sport coats. And, and um, so I met Bruce in L.A., I was playing in a lot of bands and I was in a band with the drummer who would eventually be the drummer in the range. And we were playing gigs around. <clears throat> Everybody in those days was in five bands. So Was that John Molo? Um, yeah, John Molo. You know yeah. John? Well, I know that he, um, I was doing a little research on you, George, and I know he ended up playing with some version of the Grateful Dead after Garcia died as well, didn't he? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there are so different iterations of that band. Yeah, so yeah, John's a great drummer, and um, and Bruce, and he went to college together. Okay. So I don't remember where, but Bruce heard us playing somewhere and, and asked me to play on some demos for him, and hmm. I did, and, and Joe Puerto was the bass player on the demo session. He eventually became the bass player in the range. and But this is like years before, you know, a couple of years probably before the band actually was the band, and, and we just became pals. Anyway, mm-hmm. So, uh then one day he called and said, "Hey, what about putting a band together?" And I said, "Yeah, why not? Why not be in six instead of five? <laughs> yeah, right, right. So we did. And then take and Sunday played, off. Played, then you can take exactly. Sunday off. You know, seventh yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we played gigs around L.A. and then you know the rest is, uh, as they say, history or something. Right. But you know, Bruce was kind of known for the. Uh, for the electric drummers. So what? Uh, how did Molo fit into that? Because there was a lot of click tracks on Bruce's stuff, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of Lin Machine, okay. which you don't hear about anymore. But that was a very popular item in the mid to late 80s. And, um, and Bruce liked it. He liked writing to it. And so the first album is really half that and then half the band playing for, you know, cutting tracks like a normal band did but they, there were others that were just built up from the drum machine and the piano did they ever use the Lindrum live you know because that's I, a good question that's a very good question I'm trying to remember yeah. uh, I think I think what we might have done was you know that right around the same time these geniuses in the in the in the gear department of the world Right. These people who, who Nam show nuts, they built triggers. So you could right. play a real drum, but it would trigger a fake drum that was originally a sample of a real drum, which yeah. is really absurd. But um, yeah, so we used, because he wanted to duplicate the sound of the records, on certain songs, John would be triggering um, the Lynn machine sounds. Did the Lynn, did the Lynn drum get a, a seat on the bus in its own hotel room? He had the big bunk. He had the biggest <laughs> bunk, and he had a suite. 
See, there's no justice in this world, man. No justice in the own, music own, business. own tour manager and valet just for the machine, yeah. So who else were you, did you, when you were out in L.A. playing around with your, your four or five bands, who else were you playing with that went, maybe went on and, and uh, we might know of who today? You ever heard of Billy and the Beaters? Yeah. Billy yeah, Vera. for some years, yeah. Billy Vera. Yeah. Right. Now, oddly enough, uh, we, we cut an album... And there was a song on there, might have been released, but it, it sort of stiffed. Five years le later, it was used on the TV show that Michael J. Fox had. What was the name of that show? Hmm. Family Ties. And the song skyrocketed, I think, to number one. Wow. In 1986. And then the very next number one record was that's the, uh, the way it is. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Wow. Yeah. Well, maybe George Marinelli, who I'm speaking with on the phone from Nashville, maybe you got a little magic. You're bringing all these groups and situations. Yeah, I made a good fifteen or twenty bucks off the Billion Beaters record. So. <laughs> well, we're going to yeah. talk a little bit more later on in the show about the state of the music biz. God bless, uh, you know, guys like you that that have the steady gig with great bosses like Bonnie Raitt, uh, who's you know beloved all over the world. Um, but we're, we're going to talk about, well, let's talk about it right now real quick before we listen to your okay. song, Crooked Little Secrets, off your new record, Burn It All Down. This is, a, uh, I imagine, your own label you put it out on, Burn It All Down? Yeah, Wingding Records. Okay, <laughs> there you go. It's also the name of my little studio. Yeah, and I did it all here, and I did the artwork, and I played all the instruments and sang everything, so yeah. You played all the instruments? Yeah, I played the bass and drums, too, and the keyboards. And really? Had some help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, when I was a kid, I started on drums first. Wow. And then uh, my folks said, you're not getting drums. Are you right, crazy? right, right. So that's when they got me the guitar, yeah. Wow. Well, I've always been impressed with your playing. Now I'm I'm, I'm doubly impressed <laughs> with uh, doing this all yourself. Where can people uh, find this, buy the record or download the tracks and uh, send you a few bucks? Yeah, you can uh, pretty much anywhere where anything's available. I'm sure it's on iTunes and CD Baby and Amazon MP3, and and it's on all the uh, streaming, Spotify, um, all the others, Pandora. Beautiful. So. And this is, uh, we're speaking with George Marinelli from Nashville, Tennessee, who's taken time out of his busy day to talk with us on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. We heard Burn It All Down, the title track, in the last segment. And now we're going to listen to a song called Crooked Little Secrets. And um, we'll listen to it and come back for, for two more segments. And we, I, George, i got to ask you what the hell that song's about. Here we go, Crooked Little <laughs> Secrets, George okay. Marinelli. Just in case she needs it 
an expert camper to enjoy the Boundary Waters. Big Bear Lodge is your home away from home that still lets you experience the Northwoods in authentic and modern woodsy cabins. Upon arrival, you'll be greeted by the owners whose priority is your relaxation. Take in amazing sunsets, stargazing, and moose viewing near the Gunflint Trail. There are free use of canoes and kayaks, guided pontoon tours, and private docks and fire pits. So come find your smile at Big Bear Lodge. More at BigBearLodgeMN.com. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. I'm Richard R.J. Escal, and this week on the Zero Hour, a people's eye view of the GOP's judicial coup, how Burning Man burns workers, DNC reform from the inside, and a special extended interview with Daniel Ellsberg on the very real threat of a nuclear holocaust. All this and more on the Zero Hour every Sunday night from 9 till midnight on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hello, friends. I've been talking to you about Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens, Minnesota's first green cemetery dedicated to celebrating life and protecting our environment. One of the many wonderful things they have is something called the living urn. Ashes are buried in an urn with seedlings ultimately coming back to life as a glorious tree. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Why don't you log on to the website mngreengraves.com. Learn more about Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens. See if it might be something that's meaningful for you. At Burger Moe's, Mondays no longer need to be a drag. Dine on the beautiful patio for Burger Monday Madness every Monday after 4 p.m., where you can order any burger and fries off menu for just $6. Not valid on Excel event evenings. Burger Moe's offers 20 fresh, never-frozen burger varieties, as well as delicious appetizers, soups, salads, and unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul, with plenty of free parking, and online at BurgerMoe's.com. Chances are there'll never be an emergency ever again. But just in case, let's talk about a plan. Okay. Who is going to grab the go bag? What's a go bag? It is a bag we do not have that is filled with things we really, really need in an emergency. Guess we won't have to worry about it then. Well, this is great. <laughs> I am so glad that we don't have a plan. I know. Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov kids for tips and information. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Tonight will be mostly clear with a low around 71. Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 89 and a low around 70. Monday, a 40% chance of thunderstorms after 1 p.m. with a high of 84 and a low around 61. Blue Skies Services is the home cleaning company for you. They're bonded, insured, well-trained, and experienced. Right now, window washing starts at $100. Signing cleaning starts at $199. Call Blue Skies Services at 651-447-4484 and make sure to ask for the AM950 special. Secret, a crooked little secret. Behind the dark sunglasses, where I see. 
Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. I'm your host, Paul Metza. Going on to the last segment, we heard Crooked Little Secrets by my guest, George Marinelli. George, tell us a little about Crooked Little Secrets. Um, I wrote that with a good pal named Rich Wayland, who wrote most of those lyrics, if not all of them. And, um, you know, I think it's a basically a, a song about a mysterious woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, musically, I listen to a lot of music that doesn't come from America. <laughs> I right. listen to a lot of a lot of Brazilian stuff and African stuff and Jamaican stuff. Um, that's one of the few songs on the new album that really does have a little bit of that incorporated. I didn't lean on that too much on this record, but there's other songs that have some Latin stuff and stuff like that. I like, I, and I wish more people would would uh, be curious enough to listen to music from around the world because there's such great stuff. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and that's what, so that's the story of that song. George Marinelli, when did you move to Nashville? Moved here in 1991, January 1991. Okay. And uh, what, were, what were your goals moving to Nashville? Just because it was Music City, you wanted to be a part of all those the great players and writers? Yeah, and part of that was I just got sick of living in L.A. It was crowded. It was dirty. The crime was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And um, just burned out. You know, you get you reach a certain threshold at some points in your life, and you just say, okay, time for time to do something about it. Right. And I had so many friends who moved here, and they all raved and loved it, and they said, man, if you camped down here, you'd clean up doing session work. And they were right. I was able to because I was, I believe I was still on the tail end of Bruce Hornsby and Range, or may have still technically been in the band. I, I'm trying to remember, but at any rate, that band and those records were popular here. Right. And I was able to, I feel bad. I took cuts in front of so many other musicians who were trying to get in the door, get their foot in the door of the studio scene. And I was able to plug right in a couple of really big name producers who I'd never heard of called me and met with me and, and started using me on some big records. It was nice. So who did you get to uh, rub shoulders with? We'll talk about, you know, people in, in like uh you know our age but uh, were you able to bump into a lot of the, the those old timers those classical country cats let's see let's see let's see um i think i might have i'm blanking now on the names i uh you know we lost randy scrubs a couple of right years ago. i mean a couple of months ago what am i saying and ago, i yeah. played on a, a few records with him and and he was a good guy but I got to do something where his dad played the great Earl Scruggs. Wow. And um, I'm trying to remember if it was an actual recording or what. But, the, yeah, there were some brushes with the old school country stuff, but not that many. Right. Not that many, because especially when I moved here, I didn't. I wasn't a country player at all. I mean, I know a little bit more about it now right. from living here for that long because you're you're thrown into these situations. But, you know, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. What uh, what kind of songwriters were you bumping into or working with? Oh shoot, there were all kinds of good songwriters in those days. Um, did you ever bump into like Guy Clark down there? No, I never did. Chris Christopherson. Uh, no, I mean I met him, but I never worked with him. Yeah. Um, no, I never did work with that. Those I did something with Willie Nelson. Cool. But I think that was with Bruce and the Range. We did a, a song 
or two with him. And then um, he came out and we were doing some kind of television show and he came out and sat in with us. So, cool. Did you ever get on, yeah. ever get on Willie's bus? <laughs> if I did, I don't remember if, if that's what you're intimating. Yeah. Which, which means you probably did. I probably did. Yeah. I may have. Yeah. I'm, I've gotten on this. Place. I've been on there twice and it's everything, oh my God. everything they say. And more, right? Yeah. Everything they say about it more. Who, who am I speaking with, Brett? My engineer? Oh, George Marinelli. Okay. <laughs> Here we're back. So, uh, you're still alive. when I came down to, uh, you know, Bucky Baxter was playing uh, with Bob Dylan before that with Steve Rowe, and he right. was in town, and on a tip from a cab driver, he was looking for some music, and he said, where's the best music in town? Cabbie was uh, a fan of mine, so you got to go see Paul Metz at the Five Corners. So Bucky oh. came down for a set, and then he offered to uh, record a demo for me down at his newly formed Moondog Studio with his partner Gary Talent, Springsteen's bass player. So I went down there just to do four tunes as a demo, and that's where I met you. But that was the coolest little four days. It's cool the four days I've ever spent, man, getting to know you, playing with you and Gary and Bucky. Do you remember those sessions at all? I vaguely do, and I, I, yeah, and I do, uh, I think that's, I think I briefly met Gary, but I think that was the first time I played with him, and he's, people don't realize what a good bass player he is, oh, he's man. really good, and he, have you heard him play upright? No, I haven't, I've seen pictures, but I've never heard him play upright. Yeah, he's really good, he's, and he does the rockabilly thing with all the slapping and everything, mm-hmm. so like a drummer, too. He's, I, I was, uh, and he's a really good guitar player. Have you heard his latest wow. album? No, I should guitar. get it. He doesn't play bass on his new album. We should get, I should track that down. We should get Gary on the radio show, too. Yeah, absolutely. I I'll remember. <clears throat> yeah, please do. I remember, well, you and I were chatting last night, and you said that my record, Whistle Past the Graveyard, that was the first album that came out of that studio. Yeah, first album on the label, too. And um, do you remember who played keyboards? Because I don't. Uh, and was there one? Maybe. There yeah, was... no, there was a keyboard player. His first name was Dennis. I remember that. But I do remember one of the fi- oh. finest moments I had in my life because it was, you know, uh, Moondock Studio was like the size of a... Not a huge garage, but a big big garage, two-car garage. A decent garage. Yeah, yeah. A decent garage. And uh, I just remember one afternoon, you know, it was all, you guys were all one and two take cats. And yeah. um, I remember sitting there, and we all had our little booths and rooms. And I said, man, I said, the Bucky's over here. I said, that guy in that room plays with Bob Dylan. That guy in that room, Gary Talent, plays with Bruce Springsteen. That guy in that room plays with Bruce Hornsby and the Ranches. I said, I'm just going to sit here on a cloud and enjoy it, and I did. Oh, man. Well, you know, when I just, you know, when we started the show just now, and I heard that music, I'm thinking, man, that sounds familiar. Yeah. I wonder if that's, and that was me. I had no idea. That yeah. was George Marinelli on guitar. Oh, that was. Wow. Um, that sounds no. good on the in the phone. Yeah. Well, it was really, uh, it was really well, everybody played well on it, but then uh, we got to give props to Tim Coates, the engineer, who uh, really came and, you know, Bucky was producing it, but uh, Tim was really that second set of ears. In fact, he uh, he sang on uh, the high harmony on Jack Ruby. Do you remember the song, Jack Ruby? I vaguely do. And that was Tim singing? Yeah, uh, the high harmony. And so, yeah, in fact, I'm going to try to get that down 
do is I actually did a video for it and get it down to the sixth floor museum down in uh, Dallas at uh, Dealey Plaza because it's the 55th anniversary of the JFK assassination. So anyway, but wow. we can uh, talk about Paul Metz all day, and we do when you're with me in a bar. <laughs> but we've got my friend George Marinelli on the other line. So George, um, what? Uh, how many gigs a year are you doing with Bonnie Raitt? It varies. It varies. But we have been really busy for the last six or seven years. I mean, mm -hmm. we, you know, easily gone two thirds of the year or more. Wow. Um, yeah, because it's been this cycle of, okay, let's get together and learn new songs. Let's go get together and record the new songs. Let's do the overdubs and finish the record. Let's get together and rehearse right. so we can go play these new songs. And then you go tour for last three tours have been just under two years. Wow. So, uh, and then you take a little break of the holidays and early the next year, the whole cycle started again. And it's, yeah, it's been going like that for, like I say, I'll bet seven years now. You know, you, you, uh, we talked early in the show about, uh, you have like me deep, uh, beliefs in the beauty of America and uh, how far we've fallen off track here in the last couple of years. But it must right. be not only musically exciting and uh, rewarding to play with Bonnie Raitt, but she is such, uh, she puts her foot forward, uh, puts her money where her mouth is with all mm -hmm. these great progressive political causes as well. So that's got to be gratifying for you. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, yeah, her not only her musical compass is real accurate, but her, uh, her, her political compass is. And, and, uh, she does, she's very generous and, 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 and throws the light where it needs to be thrown and helps a lot of people. She really does. Yeah. She does it behind the scenes. She doesn't try to, you know, take, take credit or put attention on herself for doing it. Either. Right. Well, you know, the show I saw, uh, a couple months ago in St. Paul. Tell us about mm -hmm. the band. Tell us about Ricky. Tell us about Hutch. Uh, and wasn't John Cleary playing keyboards? No, no, no. I was just going to ask you, or was it Ivan Neville? Ivan Neville was, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, Y'all know Ivan Neville. He's from the uh, famous Neville Brothers in New Orleans, and his dad is Aaron Neville. Hmm. And uh, he's done a zillion things, and he has a great band now called Dumps the Funk. They play <laughs> a lot. If you see him, go hear him. And he, play, and he plays with Keith Richards occasionally, too. Yeah, he was in the Expensive Winos, mm -hmm. and... Uh, and it's neat hearing him talk about some of those days. And he's just a good guy. He's a really good player. A lot more varied in his musicality than one would imagine. He's not just a funk guy at all. Right. Um, he's And he sings great. And, and I, you know, I'm always singing backgrounds with Bonnie. And I'm the, the sort of the constant because the keyboard chair is always changing around. And I got to learn to sing with these people. But uh, he, I love singing with him. And... Um, so yeah, so there, Ivan's there. Hutch has been there forever. Hutch Hutchinson, James Hutch Hutchinson, uh, and I knew him before Bonnie's band. And yeah, so he's a great musician. Ricky Fatar is the drummer, and he's been there. He was playing on her records before he even started touring with her. I think mm -hmm. he started maybe a tour before I did. But he's been. He was in the Beach Boys as a young guy. <laughs> he he and Blondie Chaplin. Chapman, one of the two. Yeah, right. Uh, they're both. They grew up in South Africa, so right. they had a band called the Flame, which was the biggest thing in South Africa. 
and it was Ricky and all his brothers and, and Blondie. So Blondie went on to play with the Stones, but when they were very young, around, you know, I want to say late teens or early 20s, they were in the Beach Boys for a few years, and they're a huge part of the record Holland wow. and some other stuff. So, um, And then he's he produces stuff, and he's always got his fingers in something, and he's just a super musical guy. He He's another guy who can play anything. He's a great piano player, um, plays damn good guitar, and he's just a very a very musical guy and, and very nuanced and subtle. And you, when you watch him play, you think, oh, he's not doing anything, but he is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's deceptive. He's a Zen guy. And um, and, and I just, yeah, I, I love the guy. He's, he's one of my dearest friends, and he's a, a great musician. Well, it was so fun hearing a real band play with each other. Yeah. You know, you guys are like a finely tuned Swiss clock. We've got George Marinelli on. We're going to listen to Half a Chance and then come back one more episode on the Wall of Power Radio Hour and uh, finish up with George here a little more music. Stick around. <laughs> source of the Twin Cities Gay Scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com with school back in session, thank goodness I have my Toyota Sienna from Rudy Luther Toyota in Golden Valley. Seriously, I could not manage my schedule without it. Music lessons, sports practices, school activities, the Sienna is perfect for getting the kiddos to class, hauling instruments and school projects around, or when it's my day to be the team carpool. My Toyota is roomy, comfortable, and has all the safety features I demand for my family. See how a Toyota Sienna can help you tackle your back-to-school schedule. Test drive one today at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Do yourself a favor and check out the amazing cuisine of EatLocalMinnesota.com. More than just a website, EatLocalMinnesota.com provides you with the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities. Serving family favorites in Minneapolis since 1964, Milda's Cafe is a great spot for breakfast or lunch. Wake up with their delicious Eggs Benedict or biscuits and gravy and savor their many great lunch options. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Milda serves authentic Finnish pasties. Open weekdays 6 to 3 and now on weekends 8 to 2 on Glenwood Avenue, four blocks east of Penn. Specializing in Szechuan and Peking cuisine, the Great Wall Chinese Restaurant has been a local favorite since 1981. They offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include the sesame chicken, imperial beef, and Peking duck. The Great Wall Restaurant is located off 45th and France with takeout available too. More at greatwallrestaurant.us.
Saturdays at 1 p.m., you have a chance at a fresh start, a new beginning. Hi, everybody. This is Freddie Bell, host of New Beginnings. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, spirituality, and even entertainment. Every day is a chance for a fresh start. Join us Saturdays at 1 p.m. for New Beginnings with Freddie Bell on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. With all the convenient big box stores that sell appliances, why do so many Minnesotans choose Warner Stellion? Check online to learn that Warner Stellion is a Minnesota family-owned business for over 60 years. Warner Stellion sells more brands than anyone else, and our passionate specialists are committed to impressing you so much that you'll refer us to everyone you know. That's our mission here at Warner Stellion. Ask around, check us out online, and when it's your time to buy appliances, join over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners and choose the specialists, Warner Stellion. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. I'm your host, Paul Metz. We just heard a little bit of Look Who's Talking by my guest, George Marinelli. It's on his record, Burn It All Down. George, you play all the instruments on the record, which blows my mind. Drums, <laughs> bass, guitars, and sing, and harmonize with yourself. But... Besides that, you also do the engineering, the mastering, the artwork, the photography. Tell us about that, man. You're a man of many talents. Well, um, I've been, since I was young, I mean, since I was even played guitar, I had a tape recorder mm-hmm. in my room. Really? And I got into it, and I learned how to, you know, uh, disconnect the erase head so I could overdub when I learned how to play guitar. Um, and anyway, so I, I enjoyed every aspect of recording and I know how to do it. Well, I think I'm a a damn good engineer. I know how to place mics. I know how to get the sounds I want. And it goes a lot faster if I do it than I, than to try to go through a a third party, you know, like through another guy and say, here's no, that's not what I'm looking for. And I try stuff that engineers don't necessarily want to try. And I enjoy that. I enjoy mixing. I love mixing and I like mastering and, and putting it all together together and i'm really passionate about photography so i kind of like doing all the artwork and all that stuff i don't lay it it's no fun laying it out for the pressing plants that's the real drag and i really get help with that because i'd never do it right but it gets close but as far as the actual composition of the album and the artwork yeah i'm into that and i've toyed with some making some videos that are on my youtube channel if you want to check it out youtube george marinelli music Cool. And there's some stuff on there from the last three or four albums I've done, yeah. George, you've got a website where people can uh, order I the don't record? anymore. It was just pointless, so I just don't. I use, you know, Instagram and I use Twitter. Really? You just... Yeah. Huh. That's it. I was just, <laughs> I was just listening to NPR on the way here, and... Uh, uh, we record the show in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, which I brought my ex-girlfriend out here. She says, this is neither Eden nor a prairie. But that's beside the point. But they were talking about uh, the social media and teenagers and what uh, trials and tribulations parents 
go through with their kids either on the phones all day, on their computers, and and try to get some sort of a balance in life. And I'm as guilty of it as anybody. You know, I'm a I I love my Twitter, and uh, you know you got to check in with it every so often. But, man, you see the kids walking down, not only kids, guys our age, George, walking down the street, you know, almost getting run over by cars, reading their phones. I I just did a gig a couple of weeks ago at this uh, place, and there was a family of four that came in to eat, uh, or fa- you know, four kids, and the mom and dad's family, six, they were all on their phones. I saw the dad say one, one thing through the whole dinner. Oh, that's, that's sad. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't think it would, it's supposed to bring us together, and what it is is a barrier. Yeah. And it's, it ain't right. It ain't right. Well, what uh, you've been a professional musician now for, for over 40 years. What can you tell people that aren't musicians? Because, you know, we could go on and on about how tough a life is. Nobody would listen to us. Nobody would care. Right. Not that they right. should. But tell us when the band's on, when the audience is right, the sound is together. Talk about that beauty from the inside. What, what does that feel like? What does that look like to George Marinelli? Oh, man. Um, you know, when you're on the road, it's 24 hours a day for weeks and months at a time. It's that two hours a night, or when you heard us, only an hour because we we're opening. But you generally, we play two hours a night. And that two hours a night has to carry you through the other 22 hours right. a day. And, uh, and that's, that's the joy. I mean, the music is, is a language. And you're communicating with each other, the musicians on the, on the stage. And then we're, as a whole, communicating with the audience. And it's a nice thing because it's not necessarily words. It's a lot of things. It's, uh, it's visuals. It's, it's sound. It's notes. It's the way you play. And you connect that way. And, uh, and that's, I think, the rewarding part of, of playing live music. And it's the same thing in recording. is It's rewarding, too. But as far as actually playing a live gig that's that's the uh, reward you know what i loved about seeing uh the bonnie Raitt band featuring my guest george marinelli was uh, we had really good seats and we were under not too far away from one of the big screens so when they did close-ups but i forgot how great of a guitar player bonnie Raitt was and so it was like a tutorial they had the close-up right on that that big slide she used that big glass slide on her strat mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, man she plays with that tr- tremolo and vibrato and my god it's got to be a ball playing with her every night oh yeah we have the uh uh, the two guitar thing we got going is is you know it's developed now for 25 years and it's really fun it's really a good thing when we both are big stones fans yeah and uh you know that that shows i think what was it uh uh what was it like to be on tour with james taylor i mean you see you know his show it's you know it's kind of a greatest hit show as as which which is a, a cool thing because he's written songs that have stood the uh, test of time for over four decades, but what's yeah. that like actually to go, George Marinelli from Staten Island to Los Angeles to Nashville? Hey man, I'm playing on the same stage as James Flippin Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's very great, and I actually toured in his band in 2003 for one tour really? in Europe. Yeah, I had to. I guess I was subbing for Michael Landa, who was an absolute monster. Yeah. So it was a, uh, uh, and we did it with no rehearsal. I just learned everything ahead of time, and uh, and you know, I got there. We sound checked and we played that night, and and it was a gas. And it was a real small band. 2003, this was, and so it's a thrill. He's a great guy, 
He's the genuine article of what you see is what you get. And then Michael Landau, he actually, uh, his, he has a cousin in Minneapolis who was a bartender at a lot of the places I used to play back oh, in the right? day. Yeah, so I went on uh, YouTube and checked out some of this trio stuff he does in L.A. That guy's a monster. Oh, he's scary good. And he's the nicest guy in the world on top of that. So yeah. I, I really like, it's a good hang. All the people in James, including James and the band and their crew, they're all good folks. So it's it's a fun thing. The only, you know, the one little downside is that we only get to play an hour. Right. You know, if, if we did an hour and a half, that'd be great. You just sort of warm up and you're done. Right. So. Well, we. But other than that, it's a it's a it's a gas. Well, it was a gas union, and it's been a gas talking to George Marinelli. He's got a new record out called "Burn It All Down," and he was nice enough to share an hour of his time on the Wall of Power Radio Hour tonight. We're going to go out listen to another track called "Look Who's Talking." Find George Marinelli music on YouTube and uh, track this boy down anytime Bonnie Raitt's playing in town. Uh, go and check out that fabulous band. Thanks for listening to the Wall Power Radio Hour. This show was produced by Paul Metza and engineered at AM 950 Studios by Brett Johnson. We'd like to thank our guest, George Marinelli. Come out and see me play sometime every Thursday night with Willie Walker or Sonny Earl at Shaw's Bar, Northeast Minneapolis, 16th and University for 5 to 7.30. St. Paul, 229 East 6th Street at the Green Lantern right across from Mears Park, 9 to 11.30. You can also watch my television show, Wall Power TV, if you have Comcast on Channel 6 at 8, 11.30, and 1.30 on Saturday nights. That's p.m. And also, track down what else I'm doing. Find some of my music at paulmetzler.com. Once again, thanks for listening. We're going to have a great fall season with a lot of great new guests. And like my dad, Elder Metzler used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy.